Tomorrow is Election Day in Chicago. There are dozens of races to settle, including the crowded mayoral race. While tens of thousands of early votes have come in already, some polls show many voters are still undecided. It's a crowded field for mayor. Nine candidates are battling it out, including the incumbent, Lori Lightfoot. The hotly contested Chicago mayor's race remains up for grabs. The Sunday before Election Day, the candidates fill their schedules with visits to churches, sharing messages they hope will change hearts and win over votes. Polls show at this late stage in the game, 19% of voters are still undecided, which means these final days of campaigning can make all of the difference for these candidates. Joining us now to discuss is Tessa Weinberg. She covers city government and politics for WBEZ. Hey, Tessa. Hey, thanks for having me. What is the latest in the mayoral race? I mean, has anything changed with the nine candidates who are on the ballot? You know, I think candidates, they were blanketing the city this weekend, really trying to do that final push of getting their message out, make that last minute push to voters. Um, You know, I think it's still really up in the air. We do have some, at least, you know, according to polling that WBZ did with our partners earlier this month, there do seem to be, you know, a handful of front runners, um, like former Chicago Public School CEO Paul Vallis, Mm -hmm. Congressman Jesus Chuy Garcia, of course, Mayor Lightfoot, um, and then, you know, Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson. And I wouldn't count business and Willie Wilson out. Um, But, you know, I think that it's a lot that remains unknown. It's a tough re-election battle for Lightfoot, and I think we're not going to really know until we start to see those vote counts come in tomorrow. Um, but yeah, it's definitely the race has been heating up. We've yeah. definitely seen candidates on the attack, and those have definitely been, I think, ramping up in the final weeks. Yeah, let's talk about it. And of the names that you just mentioned, polls overall, they're placing really four top candidates, right? And mm-hmm. that's incumbent Mayor Lori Lightfoot, Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson, former Chicago Public School CEO Paul Vallis and Congressman Chewy Garcia. How far ahead are they polling when it compares to the other five? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think they definitely, are, I think, are clear front runners. Okay. You know, when it comes to some of the polls, um, like one WBZ did earlier this month, you know, they're reaching maybe in the close to 20% range. Um, but, you know, that was a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, more stories have come out since then. You know, uh, voters have probably been more educated. So I think it remains to be seen how things change. But, you know, with such a wide field of nine candidates, I think, you know, experts have really stressed, you know, even a few, even if you only win a few percentage of the vote, that could be thousands of votes and could really, mm-hmm. you know, pull votes away or make the difference. Um, and we've seen that there's been um, a high number so far, at least, of mail-in ballots that have come back and lots of early voting. And so the Board of Elections is even stressed, you know, we may not know immediately if it is really close the night of. And so uh, I think that all kind of remains to be seen of how that might sway things if it, if it is a really, really tight race for that second spot. And, and when was the last time that an incumbent mayor was not reelected? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, if Mayor Lightfoot does not, um, you know, win, you know, re-election or, you know, make it to the runoff, it would be the I first mean, that's time. that's a huge deal. Yeah, it'd be the first time uh, since Jane Byrne that an elected mayor has not, um, you know, earned a second term. And Jane Byrne was, you know, the city's first woman mayor, um, which I think is an interesting context with Lightfoot, um, you know, being the first black woman and first openly gay um, mayor of Chicago. And so I think those kind of historical um, you know, comparisons aren't, aren't really lost on us. Um, but yeah, it would be a big deal. And runoffs in general are still kind of a, a new thing for Chicago. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think, you know, it, it'll be exciting to see how this all plays out. We hear a lot, you know, about um, individuals or, or publications endorsing candidates, right? But which of this year's mayoral candidates has an endorsement that matters? That's a good question. Um, you know, I think for the average voter, 
I, I think it depends on, you know, how keyed in they maybe are to the race to see. Um, you know, there are some, I think, notable ones that have become kind of, you know, touch I mean, points. Brandon in the Johnson's we've talked about over mm-hmm. and over, right, with the CTU. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm also, you know, Paul Vallis is endorsed uh, by the FOP. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that we've increasingly, that's been a line he's had to walk, especially in the last, you know, weeks. Um, you know, the police union invited uh, Republican uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to speak. And I think that was definitely an example of a moment where he had to, um, you know, he said he was disappointed in the union leadership for inviting DeSantis and that, you know, he was really stressing DeSantis's record is not in line with my values. Um, and so I think that's been interesting to see how he's had to walk that line. I know, um, you know, Johnson has faced questions um, from some opponents of, you know, how impartial he could be, you know, presiding over the, um, you know, CPS when he's endorsed by the CTU. Right. He's also got an endorsement from Anjanette Young, which was, you know, a major incident during Lightfoot's tenure. Um, and we've also seen some, you know, of the um, other candidates like Willie Wilson. He's, you know, I think historically his base of support has been on the south and west sides. He's, you know, earned endorsements from, um, you know, Romanian groups and Polish groups. And so mm. I think candidates I mean, are they all really sound hard. important now that yeah. <laughs> you've laid it out for us. Yeah. Well, you mentioned early up, uh, Tessa, the last ditch attempts that folks are making. Can you tell us more about that? Trying to get more votes before Election Day? What have we been seeing? Yeah, I think it's been interesting in the final weeks. I think, you know, racial politics have really come to the fore, um, you know, Lightfoot took a little bit of heat a couple weeks in, weekends ago for at a rally on the South Side saying, you know, any com- vote coming on the South Side for someone not named Lightfoot is for Garcia or Vallis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but along the lines of, you know, if you want them controlling your fate, then stay home, don't vote. You know, she since has, you know, said she misspoke and, and walked back those comments. But I think especially in the debates, we've seen candidates really, you know, jockeying to say, you know, in a city that is a third, you know, uh, made up a third roughly of white residents, Latino residents and black residents trying to pitch that I am the one most connected to the black community or that can represent the black community and really have been on the attack of each other of trying to show that, you know, I am the one who you should choose in that regard. And, um, you know, I think there has been some, you know, comments from some of the candidates saying that, you know, the need to for the black community to coalesce around one black candidate is kind of a racist trope that they don't think that's accurate. Um, and I think some experts I've talked to too have said it's it's more than just race and that the way ideology also plays a role. Um, you know, for example, this time around, um, Paul Vallis and Willie Wilson are really kind of running to the the right of Lightfoot, and so there's a kind of more wide open lane in the more conservative candidates compared mm-hmm. to many more jockeying for the progressive vote. Um, and so I think that changes the dynamic too. And so um, I think we're going to see a lot of um, you know even just whoever makes it to the runoff really pitching that. I am the coalition builder and I can, you know, get outside of my base of co-ethnic mm-hmm. support. I can bring everyone together. Yeah, mm-hmm, definitely. And as we heard earlier in that clip, Tessa, polls, some polls, they're showing that 19 percent of voters, they're still undecided. Mm-hmm. That's a huge number mm-hmm. the day yeah. before Election Day. What do you think will make the difference in getting people's votes? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of different advocacy groups and experts have really, you know, pointed to seeing uh, what candidates ground game really is look like and that for some of these communities, especially um, like the Latino community, that tends to be underrepresented in terms of turnout that, you know, how 
well, candidates were able to just turn out the vote and get out the vote maybe could make that difference. Um, so I think that's one aspect um, that I'll be looking to see. And um, it is a big number of undecideds. You know, so far, the early voting and mail-in ballots were it seems like people are engaged. Yeah, a lot of people uh, have come out. But. Yeah, so I think we'll see how that, that compares to previous elections once we, we get those totals in. So. Yeah. Tessa Weinberg covers city government and politics for WBEZ. Thanks for the update, Tessa. Yeah, thanks so much. We'll turn now to Max Bever, who's Director of Public Information at the Chicago Board of Elections. Hey, Max. Howdy. Thanks for the invite. So as we know, it's very likely, Max, that we're going to have this runoff in April. Just remind us how the Board of Elections will be handling that process. So uh, we are getting ready for what looks like to be a busy election day tomorrow, but we've had a record-breaking number of early votes and vote-by-mail ballots come back comparatively to our last two municipal elections in 2019 and 2015. So as of last night, we've already had 211,000 ballots already cast uh, ahead of election day tomorrow. That's 102,000 vote-by-mail ballots and and over 109,000 early vote uh, ballots. So uh, I want to make uh, a quick clarification. I uh, wanted to also apologize. Last time I was on your show on Monday, this was very embarrassing, but I shared some wrong information, and I said that the vote-by-mail ballots wouldn't be opened and counted until 7 p.m. tomorrow. No, they'll be tabulated tomorrow. So everything that we receive by tonight, Monday, February 27th, so that's all the vote-by-mail ballots that we get back in our drop boxes as well as coming back through the mail, Everything we get back tonight will be counted, and those totals will be reflected in election night results. However, since we've only gotten 102,000 back and we have a a total of 214,000 vote-by-mail applications, that means we've got over 100,000 vote-by-mail ballots that are still out there. And so if we don't get those back tonight, they're not going to be counted immediately on election night. Mm -hmm. And given how close many of these races are going to be, both at the citywide mayoral level, but especially the ward alderperson race, where these races can come between uh, double digits, even single digit differences between votes, um, we might not know. Uh, uh, we won't have all those votes counted just by election night. Well, first, thanks for that clarification there, Max. Appreciate it. Um, and the numbers here that you've shared with us, the, the number of ballots cast so far, how typical would you say those numbers are? And, and what do you say it tells us about voters this election cycle? It's somewhat atypical, especially looking back at the three last municipal elections last decade. Voters are voting quicker than they have before, and they're voting a lot more by mail than they voted in previous elections. What we know at this point is that uh, it means that a lot more voters have made up their mind earlier in the process. They've picked their candidates. They're fired up. They've gotten out there to vote in person, or they've gotten their vote-by-mail ballot back already. Mm-hmm. What remains to be seen is whether or not this is our total amount of voters, and they're just choosing a different way to vote, or if we're still going to have quite a few people show up on Election Day. I am hopeful that we are going to have a pretty good turnout for tomorrow, given the trends we saw in 2022. Both elections in June and November, we saw 25 percent of voters vote by mail, 25 percent of voters uh, early vote, and 50 percent of voters still vote on Election Day. And we know in municipal elections, people tend to make up their mind much later in the process. They tend to be undecided right up until Election Day. So if that pattern holds, if we receive about 250,000 ballots as of tonight, if we just times that by two and expect that many people to turn up for Election Day, we're looking at half a million votes that could possibly be coming on Election Night. Mm, Wow. So so that we're clear, Max, for those folks, especially who are 
on the fence about whether to vote today or whether to vote tomorrow, is there a big difference in terms of where they can vote or how long it might take? So we've got one more day of early voting open. So all of our ward sites are open until 6 p.m. today. We've got two downtown sites, our super site and our board offices, that will be open until 7 o'clock. If you've made up your mind, we recommend uh, early voting. If you can, make it out. It looks like the rain has stopped. All of your votes are going to be counted and reflected in election night results. But if you are planning on voting on election day, you've got two choices now. You can either go to your assigned precinct polling place. That's your local neighborhood polling place that we know and love. Mm-hmm. But we do. you have to go to your assigned one. So uh, if you don't know where that is, uh, go to chicagoelections.gov. Go to the Your Information page and look that up ahead of time. Or give us a call at 312-269-7900. We can look that up for you. But on Election Day tomorrow, we're also going to have 51 vote centers that are open uh, from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. as well. So those are our 50 ward early voting sites, and our downtown super site are also going to be open on Election Day during normal Election Day hours. And that's a good safety net and convenience for voters because you can vote at any of those locations. So if you are working in the first ward tomorrow and you can't make it home in time to go to your local precinct polling place, and you work over in the 50th ward, you can vote there, you can vote in any other ward that you want at these vote centers, and your vote is going to be counted like it would be if you went to your assigned precinct polling place, an election day voter. If people are facing any issues at polling sites, how do they report that? So we'll have our team of lawyers, our advocates and translators are working what we call election central very early tomorrow morning until very late. And we've got a phone number. So if anybody runs into any issues at a polling place, they've got any questions, they see anything that concerns them, they see electioneering, they see a fight, they can give a call to our election central hotline at 312-269-7870. I'm going to repeat that one more time. Anybody who's got any issues on Election Day can call our Election Central line at 312-269-7870. Any changes to the ballot that voters should be aware of, Max? No. Uh, if voters voted in November and, uh, you know, they had those two ballots as well as all of those retention judges and it took them a long time to get through all their candidates, uh, this is a relatively simple ballot. Voters are choosing uh, between five offices and if they've got a local referendum question. But they're going to be voting for mayor, for treasurer, for clerk, their local alder person, and for the first time, the new police district council seats. Now, I know that your listeners have probably heard a lot about these new uh, seats, but I want to take the opportunity to mention one more time, tomorrow, February 28th, is the only time you're going to be able to vote on these new police district council seats. None of these races actually go to the April 4th runoff. So uh, we do recommend um, help vote for this new office and get out and vote because the top three vote-getters in those races yeah. are going to win those offices, and none of them go to the runoff. And and while we're talking about those police district council races, one note there is uh, the Chicago Board of Elections recently re- received a withdrawal of candidacy from Nolberto Casas, who was running in the 9th Police District Council. So all votes for this candidate are going to be suppressed and will not be reflected in the final election results. Any other last-minute reminders voters should keep in mind, Max? That is a last-minute reminder. I'm glad that you brought it up. But at this point, the only other reminder that I'd like to make is related to our 28th Ward voters. I know that they've had some court cases that have delayed their vote-by-mail ballots, and and if there's any outstanding questions, people can give us a call. But the election in the 28th Ward is on. There's not going to be any special election. So if you are a 28th Ward voter... Please get out and vote, either early vote today, get back your vote-by-mail ballot as soon as possible, or go vote on Election Day um, because that election is moving forward as normal.
Max Bever is the Director of Public Information at the Chicago Board of Elections. Thank you for joining us, Max. Thank you. All right. Speaking of election sites, WBEZ's data reporter Amy Chin has been looking into obstacles Chicagoans with disabilities are facing when they try to cast their vote. And she joins us now with more. Hey, Amy. Hey, Sasha. So, Amy, I've I've read your reporting. I'm, I'm actually really shocked that most of Chicago's Election Day polling sites don't fully comply with the Americans with Disabilities Act. So first, just remind us what the standards are. Yeah, so it's actually quite a long list, but it's basically a set of minimum standards for buildings to be accessible for people with disabilities. So that can include um, making sure that the polling place doesn't have steps or um, not having like a sloped corridor that's too steep um, or making sure that um, doorways are a certain minimum width. Wow. And so here we're talking about one third of polling sites that do follow the standards, just one third, right? Yep. Where did you find the data? Yeah, so it's publicly available on the Board of Elections website, um, and they basically have a list of all 930 polling places in Chicago and what level of accessibility they are. So I just took a look at the data, and um, yeah, it's 36% of polling places are uh, fully compliant with the ADA. Uh, What does accessibility look like in different wards? Do some wards have maybe significantly higher or lower rates of compliance? Yeah, so there's a pretty big disparity um, when you look at the city in terms of the geography of the city. Um, Some wards, like you said, the 43rd ward, uh, which covers parts of Lincoln Park, um, over 70 percent of the polling places in that ward are fully ADA compliant, whereas the 33rd ward in the northwest side, um, there's only one fully ADA compliant polling place for the entire ward. So there's pretty big geographic disparities, but Um, You know, overall, the rate is a third for the entire city. So how can voters report whether their polling locations are fully ADA compliant? Yeah, so they can visit the Board of Elections website under voting. There's a drop down menu for accessibility. And there you can pull up um, a list of all polling places by precinct and ward and look up your your specific polling place. Um, And there it'll tell you if it's high, medium or low accessibility. So high means that it's totally compliant with the ADA. There's nothing to worry about. Medium means that there's no steps, but there are maybe some obstacles for some voters with disabilities. And then low or no means it's either not accessible at at all or there's at least one kind of feature that is substantially out of compliance. So glad we have you looking at all these these numbers. Amy Chin's our data reporter here at WBEZ. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me.